The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when His blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in His precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started singing, Chapter 10 is where we're going to be tonight, Mark chapter 10. Uh, before I get started, uh, there's a lot of new folks here that I hadn't met before, come down from the winter, and if I haven't met you, introduce yourself to me, because you know, uh, there's so many people that I'm constantly getting introduced to, and honestly, I'm terrible with names. I try to remember your names, I could have, you know, I'm afraid to ask if I've met you or not. Because you might be like, hey, I went over, you came over to my house like three weeks ago. And so uh, if that's you, just make sure you introduce yourself to me if you haven't already. And uh, my last name, it's Barrows. Barrows, not Barrows. Some people, some people think it's Barrows. It's not. It's Barrows. Um, Mr. Maxwell, um, a few weeks ago or months ago, some of the ladies told me a story. He was doing a wana. One night with the little kids, he was doing the devotion time over there, and he was speaking about fear. That's what they said. He was speaking about fear, and they said, he asked the kids, what's something that you're scared of? And one of the little kids raised his hand, a little third grader, and he said, chapel with Mr. Barrels. <laughs> so I'm probably, I'm probably more scared of you tonight than you are of me. That's probably how it is. About a day or so ago, I was watching a football game with, uh, with uh, Kurt Speak, and they gave a crowd shot out there, and you know, the stadium's just packed out, probably 150,000 people, 200,000 people in the, uh, in the stadium out there, and I said, man, I said, I couldn't imagine the pressure that it would be being out there throwing a football, like the, na- the whole nation's eyes are on you at that one moment in time, and it would just be overwhelming. He's like, no. He said, no. He's like, preaching, getting up front of those people and preaching would be way worse than that. And he's going on and on about how it's just so terrible. Man, you get up there, you open your Bible, hopefully you don't misquote something, and then, and then you know, and then you got a, a different interpretation than someone else might have. And he said, it's just terrible. And I said, Kurt, I'm preaching Sunday night. And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so uh, that's the great encouragement I have. I have, so it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mark chapter 10. Uh, we're going to start in verse number 46. This is a very 
familiar story. I like familiar stories. We're just going to read about five or six verses, and uh, then we'll pray and begin. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. And they came to Jericho, this is talking about Jesus and the disciples, and as they And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt um, thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Lord, we thank you for these few moments uh, that we have uh, to look into your word and uh, be with me as I speak. Uh, Give me the words to say that you would want me to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to allow me to do this. Um, I know it is a great privilege, and I appreciate that. Uh, Verse number 46, where the story begins... Everyone in here probably knows the story about blind Bartimaeus. And uh, we're just going to look tonight a few things um, about getting healing from God, getting healing from God. Um, I love these stories. And uh, ever since you um, have grown up as a kid, you hear these stories all the time. But the more you read it and the more you go over it, like the more special it becomes to you. And there's little things that just stick out to you that um, haven't stuck out to me before. And uh, we're going to look at just a few of those um, tonight. First off, I want to look at um, his pitiful condition. Blind Bartimaeus, he had a pitiful condition. He was blind. He was, he was a beggar, a blind beggar. Uh, back then, um, I'm not sure if he was uh, born blind or not, but, um, you know, back then, things like that were a lot more common. There was a lot more diseases that took place back then, um, infectious things, uh, it wasn't that uncommon. Um, also, he was a beggar. He sat by the highway side begging. And in those times, there wasn't the government to help you. There wasn't necessarily charity organizations that people would just come by and give you money uh, if you had a problem like that. Really, you just suffered hoping that somebody might come by and help you, give you a little something. Nowadays, you know, you stub your toe or get an ingrown toenail. You know, they send you a $1,500 check in the mail. That's what they do nowadays. Uh, but uh, back then, hey, it wasn't like that. It was, that, it was difficult. It was hard. Um, couldn't work a job. Couldn't do anything like that. Probably sat in the same spot almost all the time, unless he had somebody to help him get up, move, do something. Um, he was really just alone, basically alone in this world. And you know what? That's a really good picture about how each one of us were before we got saved. That's exactly how we were. We were spiritually begging Throughout the whole world, we didn't have any direction in this world. Just like Bartimaeus, he was sitting over there on the side doing nothing with his life. It's what he was doing. But you know what? That's what I was doing before I got saved. That's what we all were doing. We are just spiritually begging begging throughout this world. Um, We're going to move on with the story. Um, 
and it's talking about how the disciples were coming through town where he was, and uh, Jesus came to be to pass by, and he got a little excited about it. I would too. He probably had heard all the things, all the stories about what Jesus had done in the past. He heard about uh, Jesus, this man who was born of a virgin. Wow, that's never happened before. Uh, he's heard about how Jesus turned the water into wine, about how Jesus fed the 5,000, about how he healed a cripple, healed a man with a withered hand, healed other blind men in the past. Like Pastor said a few weeks ago, probably went and healed multitudes and multitudes of people. That's what he did. And so when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he got a little excited. He did. And he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him, um, it says, and they charged him that he should hold his peace. They were telling him to shut up, is what they were saying. They were saying, shut up. You ever heard somebody in the store get a little rowdy, you know, and you're just like, man, I wish that guy would just be quiet, just shut his mouth. You know, uh, and that's what they were telling him. They were like a little annoyed that this, this blind guy, this beggar who was annoying, uh, was out there crying out, making a little disturbance. They were annoyed by that. And uh, they were trying to tell him to be quiet. And you know, he cries out, I like what he says. Uh, all he says is, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I like that. I like that a lot because uh, a lot of times, even in my life, sometimes I get to like overcomplicate things way too much. When I, when I need healing from God, when I need God to remove some sin in my life, I'm struggling with something, I get a lot more complicated than, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know, we, we try to like psychoanalyze everything. That's what we do. That's what I do. We get in there and we're like, well, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done this. Lord, just help me. And, you know, uh, maybe I can just do better. I want you to help me do better. Maybe don't put me in that situation anymore. You know, that's the kind of prayers that some of us pray sometimes. And it's the truth. But really, it gets down to it. If you look throughout um, most of the Gospels, it comes down to people just saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. That's what it takes. Jesus, have mercy on me. Mercy on me. Um, so when they told him to be quiet, hey, he got a little bit louder. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. It was probably way louder than that. You know why? Because Jesus was coming by. And you know what? Jesus doesn't come by every day physically in that sense, he knew that if Jesus was passing him by at that one moment in time, that he might never have another opportunity on this earth to receive his sight again, for Jesus to make him whole. He knew that this was the only opportunity, the one shot. He was giving it all he had. I probably couldn't scream at the top of my lungs as loud as this man was. But in our own lives, Jesus is passing by every day with each one of us. When I was uh, a young person, I didn't get saved till I was out of high school, right before I went to college. And I counted up one time the thousands, I forgot the number, but the thousands and thousands of opportunities that I had had to get saved that I rejected. I went to Christian school my whole life, went to a school just like they have here at Gospel all the way from when I was young to when I graduated. Went to chapel every week, went to church every week, went to church camps every summer. And you know, Jesus was passing by me all those times. And you know what? It's easy just to take it for granted, especially in a situation like this. It's super easy. 
to come to a service every week. Wow, Jesus is going to be here. It's going to be great. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, about three weeks leading up to when I got saved, uh, it was terrible, man. The Lord put me under such conviction. Everybody thought I was saved. Um, I wasn't outright openly li living in rebellion that people could see, um, but I wasn't saved. And, and uh, he just convicted me so bad convicted me uh, to the point I'd work a morning shift. I'd wake up in the morning, um, and I'd just be crying all the way to work, 30-minute drive, just be bawling my eyes out because I knew that I needed to get saved. But you know what? I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't. I just let him pass me by. And you know what? I rejected him a few times like that. And you know what? His spirit stopped convicting me for about two weeks. Wow, that's scary. That is a scary place to be when the Holy Spirit stops convicting you. He just lets you do your own thing. About a week after that, our church uh, was going to a church camp, and I was working a job trying to uh, prepare to go to college, and somebody convinced me, you know, hey, why don't you just go to camp? You know, I'm giving up a week of work, and I got to pay to go to camp. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, so I just went anyways. And uh, I go there, turned off the first two days of the week. But the second night, it was a Wednesday night service, um, preach God to preach. I don't even know what he was saying, but I knew that the Holy Spirit was convicting me so much that I knew that if I did not get saved at that moment in time, it, it might have been a lifetime before the Lord would have come back and convicted me again. I really felt like that was the last opportunity that God was going to give me before I spent a life out in misery was that one moment in time. But you know, some people are doing the same thing that are in this service. If I look out and see all these people right now, you know what? I'm not fooled. I know there's people in here that aren't saved. There's got to be. There's got to be. There's people that are just out here faking it, like I was faking it. You know, when you come week by week, say someday, you know, you're going to get it right on your deathbed, on my deathbed. I'm just going to get saved, get it right, get that healing from God. But you know what? Tomorrow never comes. You got to make it today. And you know what? Jesus might be passing you by right now, and you're just going to let it slip right away from your fingers one more time. But at some point, you can't do that. You just got to grasp him, cry out to him, have mercy on me. That's what we all had to do at one point. Um, we see, point number three, we see he, his point of no return. He had a point of no return. He cried out to Jesus. Jesus stopped. When he cried to Jesus, first of all, Jesus is going to hear you. He's not just going to let you sit out there and suffer and not do anything about you. When he hears you crying out for help, to have mercy, he's going to come to your assistance. He's going to come to your aid, okay? Uh, so I like this illustration. He, cry, he calls out to him. Jesus comes and says, you know, hey, come, come to me. So they help him up. And I like this picture. He's over here begging blind, and it says that he took off his garment. I like this picture that it gives. He takes off his garment. It's a great picture. It leaves it. And, you know, as a blind person, you don't just leave something. You don't just do that. You don't leave something and go somewhere because you know what? You're not going to be able to find it again. You're not going to. So he leaves his garment and goes to Jesus. I like this picture that when you go to Jesus, you leave something behind. That's a great picture. When you go to Jesus, you leave those old, that old sinful garment that was associated with who you used to be over there. That's what we do. That's what, you, that's what you do. You leave that bitterness, that anger, ooh, the pride. 
You leave the pride, the lust over there, and you give up those things when you come to Jesus. And then he asks you, all he asked, all he asked him was in verse number 51, it says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And you know what? God's asking us that same question today. Most of us in here, you know what? We might not need uh, to get saved tonight. Maybe you're here and you're already saved. That's awesome. That's great. But you know what? Some of us have let some other things get in our lives. And you know what? Jesus is asking you the same. He wants to heal you tonight just the same. But we got to cry out just like Bartimaeus and said, have mercy on me. That's as complicated as it gets. And then he asks, what will you that I should do unto thee? that I should do unto thee. And he just says, the blind man said that I, sh- that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Immediately he received his, his sight and followed Jesus, okay? That's a, that's a great story. He went and followed, first of all, he got saved, got his healing, and he went and followed Jesus. That's a great picture, okay? Uh, now I'm gonna get at just something, something else really quick before we're closed. Uh, but many of us, you know, that's a great story. We've seen that all the time. But you know what? Many of us as Christians, what we've done, hey, we've got our spiritual sight. We're not, we're not out there uh, living necessarily the way we used to go, most of us. However, there are some of us in here, including myself, that we like to turn this way and we like to go back. We stop following Jesus. And we like to go back. And we like to go back and we, and we pick up that old garment that old, sinful, wicked garment that was associated with what we used to be. But we've went back to it. And we take that thing, oh man, just like a dog, just like a dog returns to his vomit. That's how disgusting it is. And instead of choosing to follow Jesus, we take, we take that old sinful coat, that garment, and we put it back on. Fits pretty good, just like it used to. And we go on living our life just the way we used to before. Exactly the way we used to before. Heather, uh, she likes to go to bed earlier than I do. Okay? I'm more of a late, late night sleeper. I like to stay up late. And uh, so she goes to bed. I'm sitting here. You know, I'm wired at night. That's just how I am. Not because I drink coffee or anything. I'm just wired awake. And... Uh, so she tries to go to bed. She'll get mad even when I'm like on my phone because the light, you know, you get that light and it's like, ah, it's like blinding you in the middle of the night. So I went out and bought her one of these, you know, it's one of those, <laughs> those nice beauty, you know, this, this beauty mask thing, you know, so, so that when the, when I turn my phone on or whatever that, you know, it doesn't blind her. Okay. But as, as as Christians, we go back and we turn to our old sinful ways. We're not blind anymore. However, when we turn and we go back to our own sinful ways, we literally take a blindfold out and we become so sensitive, insensitive to the light of the spiritual things. We take a blindfold out and we put it on our face and we're back in the same situation that we were in before we were saved. We're spiritually walking around, fumbling our way through life, fumbling, our, trying to find out where we're going. I'm gonna take this off or I'm gonna fall off here. Um, fumbling around through life, 
just as we did before we got saved. And it's not, I love this. People say, I think God's just putting me through a trial. That's what people say. God's not putting you through a trial. It's, but we can't see past our own sin sometimes is what, it, is what it comes to. And it's not God that is putting the blindfold of sin on. It's not the devil. It's our own selves that have went back and put on the old garment, went back and put basically a spiritual blindfold on us to where we're back in the same predicament we were before. But you know what? Just as Jesus was here to heal blind Bartimaeus, you know, he's here tonight to heal each one of us. No matter what we're going through, whether it's salvation, get it right tonight. Whether you need spiritual healing, you're off the, right, you're off the track, you're going down the wrong way right now, God's offering healing tonight, just as he was back then. Uh, we're going to stand and uh, we'll pray and have a brief invitation. Lord, we thank you for the few moments that we were able to look into your word. We thank you for these uh, biblical stories, biblical facts that really took place that we can uh, look at and compare our lives to, uh, work in our lives, give healing to each one of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I've got.